Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 284. And man, do we have a show for you guys. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades. You see me rocking my blue light plus glasses every single episode. Tomahawk Shades are the best eyewear company in the business. They've got sunglasses, blue light glasses. They're even rolling out a bunch of watches lately. The holidays are right around the corner, Black Friday next week. Don't miss out on getting the best possible gifts for the people in your life that you care about and want to treat them during this holiday season. Tomahawkshades.com. Go fill your cart up with Blue Light Plus glasses, sunglasses, and everything in between. All orders $75 and over right now qualify for free shipping. And if you use our promo code USP at checkout, you're going to save 25% off your entire order. That's right. Tomahawkshades.com. Promo code USP. You're going to get 25% off your entire order. And all orders right now, $75 and over, qualify for free shipping. Tomahawk Shades, a quality product for an affordable price. Protect your eyes. You only get one pair of them. And, of course, support for Underground Sports Philadelphia is also also brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped team, their engineering team, spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you guys this is premium, I mean premium because the battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, and let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you guys are listening or watching this podcast right now, Matt and I want you to experience the Manscaped experience firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours just like Daryl Morey trimmed some bad contracts tonight. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. What's going on, Matt? You know, it's the first time I'm saying this in a while that it feels like the truth because I am living the dream. We are indeed living the dream because Daryl Morey came through and said, we're not we're not dealing with this nonsense anymore. It's NBA draft night, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the damn thing and make Sixers fans happy. Al Horford is no longer a member of the Philadelphia 76ers, and that also means Anna Horford is also gone. So that is another blessing as a part of this trade. Uh, the full trade details are are just impeccable. 
the way Daryl Morey was able to pull this off and get rid of just the the albatross of a contract that was Al Horford that I feel like was just uh, a favor from Elton Brand because they played together, they were friends together and everything like that in the league. Uh, But the Sixers are indeed trading Al Horford, a first-round pick and a second-round pick, to the Thunder for Danny Green was the initial tweet we got, and that's when Twitter just burst into happiness and joy from Sixers Twitter. Woj then says the Sixers are sending a lightly protected 2025 first-round pick and the 34th overall pick in tonight's draft, and the Thunder are also sending Terrence Ferguson back in the deal to the Sixers with Danny Green, and uh, the Sixers are also sending the rights to Serbian point guard. Uh, cannot pronounce his first name, but I'm going to call him Vasi. Vasi Micic is going to the Thunder. Uh, he's 26 years old. He's considered one of Europe's top point guards. A lot of you know draft Twitter and everything is kind of bummed that we had to give up Micic in the deal, but to get off of Al Horford, I think is the for that to be the first move that Daryl Morey makes is just incredible, especially for you know, kind of the the little amount that it took to get off of the deal. Yeah, I think one of the big goals of this offseason was to get off of bad contracts, and we have two of the worst <laughs> in Horford and Tobias. And I've always said that I'd rather get rid of Horford first because I think he's a terrible fit. I think his contract is, I mean, it's kind of 1A, 1B in terms of worst contracts, but I think he's just a, a harder player to move. So the fact that you can get rid of him, you get Danny Green back, by the way, which is, you know, I mean, last summer, if you had said that we acquired Danny Green, people would really lost their minds. Like, this was someone that a lot of people wanted. Obviously, he's been a little bit inconsistent the last two years. I mean, we even saw it when we met him in the playoffs against the Raptors. He didn't have the world's most amazing series, and he struggled up in the playoffs this year. So you're not getting, like, I think what a lot of people think you're going to get with Danny Green. But it's, it's certainly an upgrade. Like he, <laughs> like it's, it's the fit you want with Joel Embiid. And it's it's definitely it's it's a good acquisition, especially when you consider that you're adding Horford to that. Um, obviously, having to give up a future first is not ideal, but when your team is in sort of a win now mode, that's what you're gonna have to do. I always thought you were gonna have to package something to get Horford off. We thought it was gonna have to be someone like Thibel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's it's completely different. Where you're at least getting and you're at least getting something back of actual value for you. Um, which I think is, is really, really good for the Sixers. So I love this move for, for lots of reasons, but it's obviously great to, to get off of a bad contract like this. Um, and Danny Green, I think, is a, it's, it's a, it's, he's not underpaid by any mean, um, but he's also going to provide you, I think, a, a better fit and better value uh, than what you were getting without Horford. And then that's not done either. You know, we still have the draft to look forward to. I was also worried that, um, it was going to be our first round pick tonight and that we weren't mm-hmm. going to get to, to potentially use that or, or trade that, whatever. Um, but I'm happy that, you know, we're still going to get to make a selection tonight because I think whoever we pick at 21 could also be another kind of immediate uh, contributor to this team like Danny Green is. So you're already talking about removing one of the warts from last season. And you're also adding in, again, a player that if you had said last year was going to be a six earning year, people would have been really, really excited about. Um, we do have to temper expectations a little bit with Danny Green and his production level at this point, but he's still going to be a very good player, especially when you consider just kind of the the bench and, and um, you know the role players that we've had in the past few years. He's he's definitely an upgrade on what we've had. Yeah, and uh, Rich Hoffman said uh, the pick protections going from the Sixers to OKC in the Al Horford Danny Green trade are uh, as follows: twenty twenty five. It's protected one through six. If that doesn't convey, uh, 2026 and 2027 are protected one through four. And if nothing conveys and we do the process all over again, I guess, uh, it becomes a 2027 second round pick. So, so it's it's good. You know, to, you know, you have those protections in there so that if things really go wrong in five years, you at least still have some security. Um you know, we've seen, you know, another team that's contin- contending in the East give up unprotected picks going all the way out to 2027. So mm-hmm. it's good to have some protections on there. But ultimately, you know, giving giving up a first to get off the contract like Horford was um, is 
is is good, especially again when you're getting at least um, some value back in Danny Green. Uh, is is a really really good ad for the Sixers. It's a, it's this is exactly what we'd hoped for with Daryl Morey, right? Is that you're going to get to see some uh, some smart moves and some kind of trimming of the fat here for uh, for the Sixers. Yeah, and I mean it, it's not even 7:30 yet. NBA draft obviously kicks off at eight, and we'll be taking you guys up to the NBA draft. So if you are hanging with us, shout out to you. But it is you know draft night, so I mean. There's a lot that can still go down. The 21st pick is still in the possession of the Sixers uh, as of now. And who knows what happens? You know, there was reports today um, talking about how it doesn't seem likely that James Harden is going to be a Sixer, but Daryl Morey is allegedly working on moves, this probably one of them that happened tonight, uh, to add more pieces around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And then lots of things just started flowing, whether they're accurate or not, uh, that the Sixers are one of the teams with heavy interest in Zach Levine and in Bradley Beal. Yeah, um, we had, we I think we had said all along, too, that to move Ben Simmons or Embiid, I think, you know, if you're getting, if you're moving Ben for Harden, that's obviously a win for the Sixers, but really for lots of other things. And, you know, it's kind of a mistake in that when you've made so many changes to not at least give your two young stars the chance to have, you know, at least half a season together before making a move like that. Cause in my mind, Harden isn't going anywhere for the time being um, any, like there's two other teams that could pretty easily trump the Brooklyn Nets trade package. And that's us and the Celtics. I don't like saying that the Celtics are another one of those teams, but if the Celtics are willing to give up, you know, one of their young stars as well, then they can, you know, right off the bat, make that a, a worse trade, right, and, and and beat that value. And the Sixers can too. If Ben Simmons is involved in any trade, it's going to be very difficult for any other team to, to equal that. The only way the Nets could is if they include Kyrie. Um, so I think Harden is – I would be pretty surprised if Harden moves just because I don't think the value is there. I think the Rockets are going to play hardball, as they should, because you're tr- talking about trading like a perennial MVP candidate in the prime of his career. You're, you're going to want a huge, 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 um, and especially when you consider what Drew Holiday went for, right? Like, that's going to set the market. You'll go what even Paul George went for last summer. I know that's, like, tied to getting Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, those are the things that, you know, we've talked a lot about, like, precedent when you're talking about trading, you know, big stars. And I think before last year, it was very common to just get kind of, like, quarters on the dollar and really not get true value back. Now, obviously, picks are like nebulous and they can become anything, of course, and um, they can obviously hit well or they can be completely useless, especially if they're from a good team. But, you know, the hauls that we've seen now with Anthony Davis, with Paul George, with Drew Holiday, who really isn't in that same tier. But, you know, you're talking about teams getting really taken advantage of when they're desperate to make these these transactions and desperate to either keep stars or make a super team. As far as Zach Levine and Bradley Beal, I don't, I don't see a path to get Bradley Beal. I think the Wizards are fully committed to, to at least running it back one year with him, and whether it's with John Wallace's as partner again or Russell Westbrook, as we've been hearing, that you know there could be a trade on there. Um, I think it would, just, it would be a heavy, heavy price. We would certainly not be the only team interested either in Bradley Beal, which, of course, is, is in the news as well. Zach Levine is interesting for lots of reasons. One, the Bulls are trying to trade up tonight. Um, there's a lot of talk that they're really interested in LaMelo Ball um, and they might even be willing to part ways with Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, that would be a surprise to me because I, I like him a lot um, and I, I think that would probably be a mistake. Um, so yeah, that could potentially, you know, it's weird to know what way the wind is blowing with the Bulls. They have a, a new front office as well, a new head coach. They're very similar to us in that this has been a transition year for them. So it's not impossible that you could see a trade like that, you know, going in for Zach Levine. Um, my worry with Zach Levine is that I think he's a good player, but there are players in the league that I think are like bad team, good stats guys. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that Zach Levine is one of those guys. And that's not to discredit him as a player, but just felt that his impact has always been felt more because he has such a high usage rate, uh, because he has the kind of freedom and the duty that he gets with a, with a team like Chicago in the past few years. Um, that's not to say that he couldn't translate and, and be an effective player. And I think he absolutely could. And I think he'd fit well, but I do think it's 
there's some fool's gold to his numbers. There's a, they're a little inflated, but um, so I think when people get really excited about his numbers, I think you have to put some context with that and, and say that that's not really the player that he is. And that's not the role that he would have here, but he certainly would, I think slot in well, especially now that you're talking about adding Danny green, um, you know, having, having two like guys like that, that can come in and hit big shots for you. And Zach Levine is much more of a, like a self creator. Um, he's not really like, my opinion, at least he's not really like a primary, like ball handler. He's not someone that's going to like necessarily run the offense offense, but, um, you know, the more talent you can add, obviously the better. My question would just be, what's the package that we're sending? Um, you know, if we kind of held on to everything, right. You know, like we, we still have, you know, Tobias, right. Um, (laughs) I don't know that Chicago would be interested in that. So we'll have to see. I I think we'll see what Chicago does if they move up. Um, even then, I, I don't know what that really signals are like, because they're in a very weird rebuild stage. And again, they have such a new front office, um, Billy Donovan's their coach now, and it's funny because there's front about Horford going there the because, Sixers. right? But that Horford could have gone there because Billy Donovan was his coach of Florida, so mm-hmm. there was like a, an established connection there. But now he's at Billy Donovan's old, <laughs> old stomping ground in, in Oklahoma City. So um, we'll see. I, I just, I think I would be surprised. I think this was the deal that was kind of being rumored about today when it was like. You know, Sixers aren't interested necessarily in Harden, but there's another deal not involving Ben or Joel. I think the Horford for Danny Green was was such a deal. But who knows? Tonight, you know, I think every team is trying to trade back <laughs> pretty much. Um, you know, if you look at pretty much any mock draft, we talked about this last week when, you gave, when we gave some of those names to think about, that um, there's not a huge consensus on even the number one guy, let alone at who should be taking at 15. You know, there could be guys there at, at 21 tonight mm-hmm. um, that were projected lottery picks. You know, someone like Cole Anthony, right, who was, like, coming into this this year, last year, really, at, at this point, was a projected top five pick is now, you know, could be available for you, right? And he obviously comes with some flaws and some baggage, but that's what you're going to see a lot tonight, I think, is um, reaches. And I use heavy air quotes because I don't know that there is a reach in this draft because – Every, everything that we've heard from all the experts is that it's very flat. That mm-hmm. after really the first three guys, and even with them, it's there's there's really no there's there's no like defining tier. Everyone has maybe guys that they like more than others, but um, there's lots of guys that are going to be able to come in and make an impact right away. That are you project futures as good role players and, and good starters. Which if you're a team like the Sixers, is exactly what you need. Obviously, if you had the potential to draft, you know, a potential star, you do that. But also, I, I think this team is obviously in a position where if they can get someone that can come in and literally in a month play NBA basketball and be you know a, a decent player at it, play 15 to 20 minutes, that's ideal for the Sixers. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about Desmond Bain, Tyrell Terry, and both of those guys' names continue to come up when you know people talk about the Sixers. And like you said at the top, uh, Shams was on the Pat McAfee show today and said that the Timberwolves, if they end up taking LaMelo Ball – it's more for just the name and the stature of who LaMelo Ball is rather than overall fit. So like you said, there's not even a consensus at number one right now. And that's going to trickle down throughout the entire draft, I think. Yeah, exactly. I I think, again, you'll see guys that, you know, teams will fall in love with. And the the hard thing about this draft, too, is um, obviously it's not been a typical year. So you didn't have uh, the finishing stages of – uh, the NCAA season, right? March Madness was canned, which is why a lot of these guys' names to ours and as familiar because we haven't watched college basketball right. in like nine months. March Madness is typically when people get like really associated with these guys. There's always at least two or three names that through March Madness kind of become like, I want to say household names, become regular names mm-hmm. that you start to think about like, oh, he was amazing. I loved watching him. Um, most people aren't watching college basketball in December. That's just the reality. So naturally, as the season goes on, people pay more attention. So you didn't have that workouts were were scarce over the summer, right? Like, it was hard to get guys in. Even now, like, workouts have been limited. Um, they've had, like, uh, like Zoom workouts, like, where, like, uh, scouts are watching these guys over webcams. Um, so there's been kind of a limited process here in terms of how deep you can get. in. you know, someone like Wiseman, right, only played three games. So it's like he hasn't played basketball in over a year almost, right? Like, and you're just now, like, getting into workouts and stuff, and that's that's where it becomes hard, where you have not only a small sample size, but you don't have the normal 
in-depth you know work that you can do one-on-one with a guy or like a group of five or six guys and really get to compare and contrast and have guys compete um so it's it's difficult in that way i think in terms of scouting guys which is why you know someone like tyrell terry right the reason that his his stock had risen so much is one of the big knocks on him is that he is kind of a weak frame he's a really thin guy smaller you know, that's obviously something that could be attacked once you get to the NBA where you're playing grown men and they're going to, you know, every opportunity on offense try and switch onto you. Um, one of the reasons they rose so much is that people hadn't seen him in months. <laughs> and when he started showing up for NBA workouts, he had put on some muscle and clearly looked like he had been like really engaged in his time off. And um, that obviously was a plus for people that he was working on a weakness of his. Um, so, yeah, there's. There's all there's been all types of movers up and down and there will be tonight. There'll be guys that, you know, you think we're going at number two that might drop to ten. You know, like that's just that's just how it might go today. Yeah, and I'm in, I'm intrigued to just see how it all unfolds because I think this is the most unpredictable NBA draft we've had in quite some time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because again, there's no there's really no number one overall guy. Most people uh, project Lamelo as that guy is like being you know. In terms of most uh, highest potential, he's up there, um, you know. So people might you know, fall in love with him, like Minnesota might fall in love with him and, and take him at number one, just because they think he's the best. And we'll just get talent right now and move forward. Um, but yeah, there, there's going to be there's going to be guys. I, I, there's going to be teams. I think that trade up just because they found the guy that they believe the most in. Um, but there's also going to be, I think teams probably like just very happy to just whatever falls back to them. And the Sixers, I think are in one of those positions where obviously there are guys that, you know, we like, and I'm sure that the Sixers like, but it's really a situation where at 21, you're good. I, I really do think you're going to get someone that can help this team right away. Not guaranteed, but you're going to find someone that this team likes at 21. Like there's going to be someone there. Now, if someone really drops that they're really high on and is there, you know, say 16, 17, Maybe you have that conversation about trading up, but even then, it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the two names I think that have come up the most and that we talked about and the two guys I like the most, Desmond Bain and Tyrell Terry, are two kind of different philosophies, which we highlighted last week, which Desmond Bain is the, he's he's a senior, right? He's going to come in super established. Uh, he's a great three-point shooter. You know what you're getting with him, a known commodity. And you know that when the league starts up in a month, that he's going to be ready to play. Tyro Terry is a little bit more of a project than that. Again, he, he still has that like weaker frame. He's a little bit smaller of a guy. He's younger. Like he's going to, he's going to take some developing. He's not going to be, you know, instant impact right away. Um, you know, it's going to take him probably even a, a season to really develop. Right. Um, but you know, his ceiling is something spectacular, you know, whereas Desmond Bain doesn't really have that high ceiling. So, you know, those are the two kind of paths that the Sixers can take with some of these picks. Or they could take a risk on someone like Cole Anthony, right? Who's who may fall, who may be false to us, and he's just such a you know the talent is there potentially that you go out and get him, right? Like um, Kyrie Lewis Jr., another guy. Like if he falls to you, like you just you probably take that risk on on the talent and just knowing that to add someone of that ability to your to your roster right now, even if you're gonna have to wait maybe a year or two for him to to really bet in, that's that's worth it. Yeah, and Woj just tweeted a pretty interesting nugget here from all the trades that happened the other night at, like, midnight. Um, the sign-in trade between the Kings and the Bucks does not seem like it's going through because Sacramento Kings forward Bogdan Bogdanovich plans to enter restricted free agency on Friday at 6 p.m., sources tell ESPN. What's confusing about this is this seemed like a done and dusted deal but apparently the kings weren't aware that bogdanovich was in the deal i don't know how that happened exactly i don't know what uh, um i i don't know what the 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 issue was there i don't know what the miscommunication was i don't know if that just got leaked early before deals could be done exactly but um it's a strange strange and i mean that's that's obviously big for milwaukee because um bogdanovich is going to be like a really crucial part of uh, their team and they're not able to get him obviously you know they'll have the pieces that they gave up back but um that would obviously i think put a dent in what they're trying to build there you know and it's an arms race right now in the east for sure you know you have teams um like that and, and like the nets of course trying to to really you know solidify their their position and um, we've talked about how hard this division is going to be <laughs> it's definitely it's oh. definitely going to be especially if 
you know, by some miracle, the Nets land James Harden. And, you know, we talked about last week, you know, potentially if James Harden doesn't come through for the Sixers, like Drew Holiday is a guy to look at because he's essentially on an expiring. And then the Bucks just pull a full-blown, like, New England Patriots sending a second-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for Mohamed Sanu and trade three first-round picks and two pick swaps to get Drew Holiday. Yeah, this is... Um... Along with two players. It's a trade definitely made out of desperation. Um, yeah, they, they lose Hill and uh, um, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, like two contributors for them. Like it's it's a it's an insane deal when you really think about what they gave up in that. It 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 is in the same kind of value that you got for Anthony Davis and mm-hmm. you got for Paul George. Like it's just it's it's pretty crazy what uh. Yeah, the Pelicans were able to get out of Milwaukee, but it just shows that Milwaukee is desperate to build around Giannis and, and show him that they can compete, obviously. And um, obviously, I think part of this is involved with wanting to make sure that he, he signs that Supermax extension, that he stays in Milwaukee. They know that this is their window, and they know that they have Giannis in his early prime or prime right now. Um, you want to get the best talent around him to, to make sure that you know, you can win a championship. They probably feel that they're close. I don't think they're wrong in thinking that. So you have to capitalize on that window. But, you know, when you're giving up unprotected first-round picks seven years out, that is, that's a huge gamble to take. And obviously, again, when you have the talent that you already have now, you know, you're, you're probably willing to take those risks, especially, you know, Milwaukee, not the biggest market. Um, you know, when you have the opportunity to have, you know, such a great player like Giannis and to win uh, championships, you have to seize it. But this is what it costs and that and it could potentially be disastrous down the line um because not even just if Giannis leaves you know freak injuries happen or just Giannis declines like it's it I'm saying these are all just possibilities I'm not saying it's going to happen of course but you know just it just shows you that um you know when teams are desperate they're willing to pay out the nose to get guys that they feel will help them um and I think it just highlights how good of a deal that was for the Sixers tonight that they were frankly desperate to get off Al Horford um, and they're desperate to add a guy like Danny Green. And the fact that you could do that and only have to give up a lightly protected first and uh, a second this year, the 34th pick, that's great. Like, when you, know, you still have 36 as well. Right. You know, and obviously it'd be better just to not have had Al Horford in the mm-hmm. first place. Um, you know, but this is, um, this is what you have to do to correct those mistakes. And uh, our guy, friend of the show, Will Parks, Philadelphia Eagles safety from Philly, so he understands – the nature of the beast uh, tweeted just a couple minutes ago, Danny Green better not come here missing open shots or it's over for him with this fan base, no BS. And then somebody tweeted at him and said, you got to feel for Philly athletes, man. The fan base is so toxic for every major league uh, with them. And then Will Park said, I'm from here and they be right at me. So I feel bad for anyone who think uh, this shit sweet. Absolutely not. Highest standard. These folks want championships or go home. That's why we got to turn up this second half of the season as a football unit, all or nothing. You're here first, Danny Green. Will Parks wants you to succeed, but just know that you can't come in here missing shots. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> true, yeah, but rest assured people will get frustrated at Danny Green. Because yes. he is, I mean, even, you know, when he was great for the Spurs, he had, like, streaky. And, and most elite shooters are still streaky. Like, Clay Thompson, right, like, has, mm-hmm. like, streaky nights in him. Uh, but you also know that he can score, you know, 40 and a quarter. Like, that. that's just kind of – Danny Green isn't <laughs> quite at that right. level, of course. But, you know, I, I think people – again, we should temper expectations a little bit about what Danny Green's going to be. I think people have it in their minds that he's, like, some, like, unbelievable shooter. He's certainly very good. But, um, you know, let's let's just make sure that we we understand that this is not, like, the biggest acquisition we've made. Yeah. Like, there's still potential for more – to go down one way or another, in my opinion, with this team. Uh, Daryl's definitely not done um, because there's still – I think the one thing that's not talked about a lot is the potential of, of Josh Richardson being moved still. I think that's one of the biggest does-it-happen-or-doesn't-it-happen moves for this team just based off of his contract. Sixers more than likely are not going to pay him. And now that Danny Green's here – where does Josh Richardson even fit on this team? So I think that is more than likely the move I'm looking for as the night moves on and as we, you know, head more into this offseason and everything 
is what happens with Josh Richardson. Yeah, it, it's a big question mark. Um, you know, we don't again, we don't know if this was the trade that we were kind right. of being, um, you know, hinted at earlier in the day. And we don't know what the, the rest will happen on draft night either. You know, again, um, guys could fall. Other moves could be made that you, you're talking like domino effect potentially. Um, yeah, Josh Richardson is definitely an interesting person to keep an eye on because of his his contract situation. He's an expiring this year. He's on a good deal. Um, it's definitely like a team-friendly deal, but you're, you're obviously going to have to sign him this year um, or, or this upcoming year. So it will be interesting to see where he gets dealt and, and what – kind of positive at like aspect he has attached to him um you know we've seen him thrown in lots of trades you know we've seen him thrown in lots of like the the hardened trade machines um but we'll see you know obviously Thibel is another guy that I think has been in everyone's uh, trade machine at some point in the last few months um so it's going to be you know a big night tonight and then you know free agency starts later this week so we'll get even more questions answered but you know tonight we just get through the draft see what we do at 21 um, and potentially 36 and, and wherever else, you know, depending on, on what picks we keep or what picks we sell. But, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be an exciting night. The homie tweets by Zoe with arguably a comedy tweet of the night. Going to be absolutely furious in 2039 when Jay Billis is on TV telling y'all my boy's dribble is a bit erratic at times. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Zoe. Um, but I mean, just looking at the draft as a whole, and we we mentioned some guys last week with Desmond Bain, with Tyrell Terry, and with Kyra Lewis Jr., those still kind of your three guys that, if they're there, that's who you pull the trigger on, or do you attempt to maybe still move up since you have 36 in your back pocket? And obviously, everyone's been talking about it over the past couple of days, and for a while now, uh, is the whole Sixers promising another prospect uh, that they're going to draft him with Isaiah Joe, and then Isaiah Joe's college coach coming out today with a long typed-up tweet, uh, along with him wearing a Sixers mask that was allegedly given to him by the team. So, I mean, I don't know if that happens or not, but how are, how do you feel about you know going into tonight's draft, still having 21 as of right now as the draft starts, I think is a big bonus for this team too, uh, with the outcome of the Horford trade, but... Overall, are you still kind of on your three guys? Yeah, absolutely. I think those are the three guys that, and those aren't obviously the only three, but those are the three that I think fit what the Sixers are looking for, and that they're you know they could be looking for a guy like Bain comes in immediately contributes, or someone like Lewis Jr. who maybe drops to you, and you just think, wow, like this is a guy that I think we can't really pass on. Or Tyro Terry, like you buy into like like potential project. We. Funnily enough, like throughout Isaiah Joe is kind of like a, another like guy like just to think about in the second round, and now there's all types of rumors about us promising him. I think I don't think that's true though. Um, last year, Thibel Thibel was like a open secret, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. and that we knew that the Sixers had promised someone or that there was some kind of deal made, but no one really knew who it was. There was obviously like some mirrors, uh, some rumors, but. For the most part, like, it wasn't this well. Like, where you had, like, a, a, a Pompeii article about it. Like, right. that's, like, come the on. Tell like, all. Like, it's seriously, like, you, and you have, like, his coach coming out, like, talking about the Sixers. Like, I think that's all just very, very, very obvious, whereas last year it was not. Last year there was definitely rumors that we had promised someone, and you could just kind of fill in the blanks about who that might be. Um, because, again, we picked in a similar situation, whereas, like, later in the draft, so there's only so many guys that you're promising at that point. Um, I think he'd be a bit of a reach at 21. I wouldn't hate the pick, um, but I think, you know, obviously we don't have the 34th anymore, but, like, he probably, like, I think there's a chance that he's there. He's even There's still even a chance he's there at 36, and I just think, you know, if you have some other guys, especially if you have some guys that slid out of the mid-teens to mm-hmm. that 21 pick that you really like, and we don't really know who the Sixers like. It's, honestly, like, outside of Isaiah Joe, like, a lot of it is just more speculation from fans and experts than necessarily leaks from the team about you know who we're interested in um if there's a guy like that that follows you at 21 i think you have to take that shot rather than someone on isaiah joe just personally because uh, he has his own question marks too i know that he's obviously a lights out shooter Had kind of a weird like sophomore year where he wasn't as effective he had some surgery he's similar to terry and that he has kind of like a, a slimmer frame and you know 
we know that with the Sixers, they really love to get the bulky boys. Yep. Um, but even Maury, like with the Rockets, like he likes guys that could switch a lot. Um, we don't know that that's going to necessarily be what the, the Sixers do, um, which is why I think we have to hold off on too many, like just, you know, too many assumptions about what Daryl Morey is going to do and what he wants. Because I don't think what he did with the Rockets, I don't think is the only way that he can operate. I think he can obviously like he can be you know he can be flexible he can adjust and I think he just saw what he had in Harden and knew how to build around him the most effective you know team that's not necessarily going to be the case in Philadelphia right like there's going to be probably a different path here so we can't just look at a guy and assume oh that's a Maury guy like because that definition of what a Maury guy is could very well change you know into something different now now that he's you know in charge of the Sixers yeah and uh the the tweet earlier today uh from what a name eric Musselman uh is isaiah joe's college coach uh said doc rivers motivational and pregame speeches are incredible always love watching him build a championship culture ben's at ben simmons 25 is the epitome of a positionless basketball uh i'm assuming he meant player in the at nba today thanks for the masking gear at sixers hashtag mask up I mean, the pandering is just, it's just, it's worse than Bryce Harper pandering. It just seems all like way too in your face for, um, for it to be true. Like it it just really does. I I think it's, it's just such a, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, it's going to be a wild draft. And I mean, you know, Danny Green, old Philly tweets are being also, uh, you know, retweeted on the timeline about him uh, congratulating the Eagles on the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, chill day in Philly was one that popped up as well. Um, But, I mean, overall, I think this is a big step in the right direction for this Sixers team, just from the unloading of Horford's contract. uh, You still have your first-round pick. You still have 36, and there's still potential to get two really solid players in this draft if you just stay put at both of those spots. Absolutely, you know, and there will be there will be guys of value in the second round as well. Like Isaiah Joe, uh, Isaiah Joe could very well still be there. Um, you know, there, there's going to be all types of value I think in that second round. And we've been frustrated in years past where they just sell these picks and don't give them any chance. Just being very honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see a sell a pick. But who knows? You know, right? Obviously, Maury's um, involved now, and and things like that could change. And you know, maybe we see them package some of those picks for a second next year, something like that. Um, because, you know, you can't really, the odds of you like carrying on like four or five rookies into the year mm-hmm. is just not really all that likely, especially in a year like this. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do. Obviously fully expect them to keep 21. Um, I, I just have a hard time believing that they'll trade out of that unless it's for like, you know, something involving like a Zach Levine, of course. Um, but I do expect us to make a, a pick at 21, um, and hopefully at least one in the second round because I, I think there's going to be value there. Because, um, again, I think the story of the night is going to be some guys dropping, and that's that's hopefully we, we can get in on that. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, even tonight Woj openly tweeting about picks being sold, which is absolutely absurd. And Joshua Harris is probably pulling his hair out knowing that he could have just told Woj that they were doing that and uh, gotten off, you know, without having to, to twist it and everything. But how do you see this this top of the draft going tonight? Obviously, there's no locked-in number one guy, like we said. Um, but obviously, you know, there's, there's a ton of guys that can be had with the teams that are in the top three, in the top five. And now with the Clay Thompson injury news as well, that could potentially shake some things up uh, when it comes to the Warriors and that number two pick. Yeah, the Warriors allegedly had been in discussion with the Bulls to trade back to four. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. going the other way, um, you know, onto the Warriors. So kind of what they were looking for, which is like a young, you know, player that they can mold and and just another uh, good asset. And I think he'd fit in well with, with um, you know, like the front court that they have now. Um, and obviously still keep a high pick so they can at least have a dart throw. Um, it's hard to say, you know, who's going. It seems like, you know, the one through three, you know, with Lamella Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Wiseman are all like, that's kind of the consensus three, but even within that three, like there's 
you know, droppers and movers. Um, a lot of people really like Killian Hayes, think that he could be like a surprise, like into that uh, top uh, uh, crust there. Um, the fact that there is like at least some rumor of teams trying to move into like that top three tells you that there's at least like teams that are really in on guys. Even the Knicks are a team that's potentially moving up to try and um, you really get their man. Um, but it's it's hard to say who's I, if I had to you know gun to my head I think Lamelo Ball goes goes first because I think um, I think of of all the prospects he's the one that I think is rated the highest in terms of his ceiling um, and I think Minnesota is just in a position probably where they're looking at getting the best talent they can and maybe not worrying about fit if it was fit someone like Anthony Edwards would probably make more sense um, but I mean there's question marks about all these guys at the top. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards that came out today about his, how much does he actually have basketball, which, you know, I think is unfair to drop on draft day, right? But, um, you know, it's been a question, uh, you know, for him for a while. Wiseman is like, you haven't seen a huge sample size. You don't really know, like, what he has to offer and how he'll project. Like, he's essentially a high school drafty. Mm-hmm. Um, and LaMelo Ball comes with the baggage of, you know, being from the ball lineage. Um, but, you know, isn't like a super efficient scorer, like, Again, like Lonzo Ball, like was another guy that was sold on this high ability is now. And there's nothing wrong with Lonzo Ball. He's he's going to be a great role player. He's going to have a long career in the NBA. But you know, if you're picking a number one, you want a more sure thing. Um, it's hard to say that there's going to be huge, huge superstars. But there's definitely going to be good talent throughout the draft, which I think is the, the staple here. Is that you're going to find role players, you're going to find starters, and that's where it's it's good. It's maybe not a good draft to have you know the top five pick. Um, but it's a good draft to be picking at 17, let's say, right? Because you, the chances of you maybe finding a guy that's going to contribute uh, for you early on is 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 pretty good. Yeah, and uh, there's there's going to be a lot of talent. And I mean, Villanova men's basketball just tweeted out, you know, a video well represented in recent years. Uh, Sadiq's up next. He's another guy that you know I think has been talked about uh, with with potential for the Sixers just because of how you know, pro-ready Villanova's program is. Um, I, I would love Sadiq on the on the Sixers. I think he would be a, a great fit as well if uh, he's available and some of the guys that we've brought up aren't for whatever reason or they decide to go in that direction. I wouldn't be mad with Sadiq being uh, a Philadelphia 76er and hopefully not traded like Mikel Bridges. Yeah, that would definitely it – would, it would be funny if uh, we, we take uh, another Wildcat and he's gone uh, 10 minutes later, but – um, it's like I said, it, it's an interesting draft in that you're going to have guys dropping that I think were projected even as top 10 guys. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these guys in the top 10 go really early. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, like a Kongwu, right? Like go number three, number four, because people might fall in love with just his profile that he's defensive ready, that you're going to get someone day one that's going to fill in and, and be like a, a, a big stopper for you. Um, someone like Anthony Edwards, like, especially with the news today and like that he's already kind of been this like nebulous idea of what he is and, um, that he kind of has like just this, he's a lot of ambiguity about him. So I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like that drop. Like you're going to have moments like that tonight. I think where the consensus, if you can even find one is going to be disrupted by, you know, some, some big droppers and some big risers potentially. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's good wherever you look in this draft. Uh, I don't know how accurate this report is, uh, but it's coming from at Vasu on Twitter. Um, he said that Clay Thompson has torn his Achilles, and then he followed it up as well with last time I tweeted some shit like this was the night I beat Woj to the Rudy Gobert has coronavirus news. I wish I was getting bad info. God damn it, man. Don't know how accurate it is, but if Clay did tear his Achilles, and I know it was the other leg um, that Woj said from his ACL tear, which was his left knee, said this is it's a right leg injury. So I mean, that just absolutely sucks for Clay Thompson. It sucks for the Warriors, obviously, who were hoping to get him and Steph, you know, completely healthy for this season and add whoever the number two pick is going to be. Um, but I mean to see that happen potentially. This is all alleged. We don't know if it's 100% accurate or not. But uh, whatever the case may be, you know, hopefully Clay recovers from this and uh, gets back to, you know, being Clay Thompson as much as he can be whenever that time comes. 
yeah, it's it's ter- like you want to see like guys like Clay playing again, um, and not seeing the Warriors at their best last year was strange <laughs> when you consider just the dominance that they've had. So hopefully, um, hopefully it's not true. But you know the fact that no one's come out and said what it was tells me that it's probably pretty serious, and no one I think wants to put their name on a report like that. Um, but we'll find out. We'll probably even find out by the end of tonight. Mm-hmm. It definitely adds a different layer to this draft for the Warriors because I think coming into this. Uh, the thought for them was very much like you know trading down and getting an asset and you know having another dart throw but knowing that you're getting like your big three back together and extending that dynasty with a, another young player um now that might shift your mentality a little bit as to what you want to do with this season and what you think going forward right a lot of people had them picking Wiseman maybe now you look at Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball if he's available right like those those could be different fits now that you maybe take um but you know, it's it's all speculation at this point. We don't we don't obviously know for sure uh, what the injury is, and I mean, we'll find out in twenty minutes. What you know, what the Warriors pretty much end up doing. So we'll have a lot of these questions answered at least. Yeah, that's going to be super intriguing to see what happens there, um, and not just you know NBA news going on tonight. Uh, the Chicago Cubs potentially doing the Philadelphia Phillies some favors as uh, Theo Epstein has stepped down from his position with the Cubs, saves the Cubs $10 million. Theo allegedly is saying that he's taking the year off, but there are reports from uh, pretty credible people in Chicago saying that the Phillies are going to be going after Theo aggressively, as aggressively as they can, no matter what his decision is. So... Theo watches uh fully commencing. Yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I I take him at his word that he probably wants to take some time off. Um, but you know, this is what we we talked about that obviously the Phillies are probably sitting on their hands waiting for him. Well, now he's technically available, um, at least in name. But you know, we'll we'll see if they can convince him. But I I I think he probably does want to take some time. Um. Because I think that if there's ever a year <laughs> to take like a gap year or just take a break, it, it probably is this one. So we'll see if they can convince him. I think um, there's like all types of stories that he wants like ownership stakes, you know, his next stop. And that that's been like something that he's been after is, um, you know, more money, obviously, and more control, uh, you know, uh, part of that future. So we'll see if John Milton is willing to part ways potentially with uh, either some ownership uh, rights or you know, maybe uh, just paying the man a lot, a lot of money, but we'll see because we haven't heard really anything. I think for a guy like Theo, if you're going to, you know, pursue him and, and try to make him your, you know, man of basketball oper- or uh, baseball operations and, and just kind of control this team, you you need to do whatever it takes. This is, you know, essentially baseball's Daryl Morey. This is a guy who has turned around two different franchises, gotten them out of, you know, decade-long curses, quote-unquote, and and led them to winning World Series championships. And I think a lot of people don't even realize, Theo's not even 50 years old. He's 46. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's still extremely young for a position like this, and he's kind of led the wave of, like, you know, the smart people in the room type thing when it comes to front offices and not having, you know, these archaic ideas about how to run a sports team. Um, when it comes to Theo, especially since Eric Neander seems like he's staying put with the Tampa Bay Rays, I go all in, you know, try to do whatever you can to convince him to be your guy. And, you know, if that means you allow Theo to put Andy McPhail in a rocket and ship him to the moon, you let him do it. You let Theo do what he has to do to help this team because right now, the way things are looking for this Phillies team, it seems pretty, pretty bleak. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to have a rebuttal, but, I mean, you're right. It, um, it's not a – if I was reading the tea leaves in my mug right now, it's, it's not very good. You know, when someone like him is available, you move heaven and earth to get him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's – there's only so many times that someone of his ability and stature is even going to be on the market. Um, if ever again, really like where you're in this position, the time to get Theo Epstein really would have been like seven years ago. 
but obviously you, you can't undo what's been done. But, you know, similar to Daryl Morey, right? Like he comes in, is able to fix, you know, what is a, a kind of a parachuting situation and get you back to where you want to be. Um, the Phillies, though, it's it's total mismanagement still, which is exactly what we've seen. Um, I don't think they had any clue that Theo was going to be stepping down or resigning. Um, so it just makes it even worse that we're still here almost in December at this point and nothing on just started the process of interviewing candidates for potential you know president baseball operations position which is just it's it's terrible form all the way around and it, it all comes back to andy mcphail in my opinion like yes john middleton has fumbled the bag immensely as the owner but the fact that you moved on from matt clentak Matt Klintek was a guy that Andy McPhail hired in the first place. And then when you, you know, he steps down, he's still with the organization. Uh, you allow that to happen. Andy McPhail is still in position and just has zero interest being part of this organization or even in the sport, honestly, the way that he speaks. And, you know, I don't know how you feel about his comment, of uh, I don't know who wants to uproot <laughs> during a pandemic being better or worse than the if we don't, we don't. Um, but it's pretty obvious that people have uprooted during a pandemic to, to take a job that's going to pay them more. Um, I just, he, when, when it all circles back and you look at a lot of the problems that this team has had, to have a lame duck, just like wet napkin, that is Andy McPhail as your president of baseball operations. It's led to a lot of downfall and a lot of issues for this team since he got here. As soon as he got here, you know, everybody was kind of excited because he had success in the past in the league. And, you know, since he got here, the Phillies have not had a winning season. So, I mean, that says a lot to me. And obviously, yes, the players have to perform. Manager has to be right, yada, yada, yada. But when the guy who is titled with president of baseball operations that trickles down to the product on the field that trickles down to who the manager is you know what where money's being spent and it just seems like Andy McPhail has had zero interest in being a part of that since day one and he needs to go ASAP and that's why I think you need to go after Theo now and, and really just you know sell him on the fact that this is a new type of journey for him this is a way for him to continue to build his legacy potentially go you know three for three for ending droughts obviously the Phillies drought not as long as the Cubs and the Red Sox at the time but you know this is a an opportunity for Theo to not that it already isn't but it, it just puts the cherry on top of his legacy if he comes into Philadelphia helps a guy like Bryce Harper win a World Series and I think if Theo comes it increases the likelihood that JT Real Muto stays a Philadelphia Philly. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I just all all news around it seems like he's going to be taking some time, and obviously the Phillies they're at least doing the due diligence of going to try and convince him. Um, maybe you know instead of a big free agent signing this summer uh, this off season, uh, instead we'll be signing like a, a big like practically like all-star uh, front office uh, guy um, maybe that'll be what we do instead who knows yeah I mean a lot of people are thinking JT might take a one-year deal uh, this year kind of see what the market is like and you know reassess after a year and try to get that that record-breaking contract but it, it just seems like the Phillies have no intent on on doing anything to improve this team right now. They're trying to blame it all on the pandemic when it's like, you know, every other team in the sport is dealing with the same exact situation, if not worse, than you are. Like, a team like the New York Yankees, yes, they're richer than you are, but they lost more money than you did. But they're still out there aggressively ready to give DJ LeMahieu a bag and a half, and I think it only got worse today because the New York Mets, who we've talked about time and time again since their new ownership came into play with Steve Cohen, uh, Robinson Cano suspended for the entire 2021 season for PEDs again, uh, and that 
voids his contract. So the Mets now have another 20 plus million dollars to play with in free agency. And who knows what that does for them? Yeah. Um, I just think, I, I think um, a lot of very rich people are trying to blame you know, things like so much like on, on COVID, right. And like, we have to accept that there are some realities to that, that there is obviously going to be some shortcomings with, revenue and you know they had to play a whole season without fans and it's looking like at least part of the season if not the whole next season is going to be without fans so with the respect that there is obviously going to be some change but you know you're also a billionaire and um I, I just I don't have a lot of sympathy for them and it's not like this team has been spending out of its nose to begin with like this is a team that's the last five six years has been underwhelming product and also like underwhelming in terms of pay like they haven't had huge contracts baseball is in such a position that you like you're still turning a profit like i don't care what you say mm-hmm. um so yeah like i i would just uh prefer him to, to just shut up and just start writing checks yeah and it's an interesting aspect because you look at steve cohen for the mets perspective because we're obviously going to be talking about the mets all off season long when it comes to free agency and you know trying to figure out you know what they do because it affects affects the Phillies in the division. Uh, Steve Cohen came into it, you know, purchasing the Mets, saying this is not a money making, you know, opportunity for me. This is it's essentially like a hobby for him. Um, he he wasn't buying the team to earn money from it, so he went into that mi- with that mindset. When I was listening to the High Hopes podcast and Jack Fritz brought up that. John Middleton's only source of income is the Phillies because he sold the cigar company and the only way that he makes money right now is is through revenue that the Phillies bring in. Granted, billions, billions, but it is an interesting aspect to kind of think of. Then sell the in, team, pal. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's where I'm at, where if it's like if you're worrying that much when you still are a billionaire, sell the team. Get, make money sell it if 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 this is the only way you're making income then you know what money's tight right now just sell the team and it, it's that easy it, it it'll it'll all be over you won't have to worry about it and guess what you can still come to games <laughs> you can still show up anytime you want um yeah i just i think a lot, for a lot of these guys it's just all vanity projects and you know they just like having the power and i think john milton's one of those guys mm-hmm. um yeah i it's, it's frustrating, you know, when you see guys that clearly care a lot about their team. But, you know, owners are, are so hit and miss, it's it's hard to say. Um, John Milton, I don't think, is a very good one um, because especially when I, I hate when owners, like, talk a lot and, like, especially what John Milton has done in the past and we're not going to, like, back up what you're saying with, you know, I want to spend stupid money, I want to have the trophy back. Like, just show me that you want to do that because I, I don't really believe it. Yeah, and uh, in terms of the NBA draft, Woj tweeting out, the Timberwolves remain on the phones discussing possible trade scenarios with the number one overall pick. Uh, Gerson Rojas's plan had always been to take this down to the wire, and that's what's happening now. While we wait to see what happens there, um, some more fun, incredible news from the Philadelphia Union. Jim Curtin named MLS coach of the year yeah along with uh, Andre Blake getting uh, goalkeeper of the year fully deserved for both of them um, yeah it's been cool the last few days have been filmed with a lot of like Jim Curtin like stories um, you know from the past few years with his rise to being you know the head coach and um, just his transformation you know, an interesting story about how uh, when he was the interim head coach, seeing all the other head coach candidates that they were um, interviewing and trying to hire in the tunnel at the game. And uh, he obviously knew some of these guys and talking to them. Uh, Jesse Marsh, who's like, you know, one of the top U.S. coaches right now, actually on a phone conversation with him, he's saying, yeah, I was actually on an interview for the union job, but you're doing good too. So don't worry, um, <laughs> which had to have been a jarring thing. But, you know, it's, it's, um, for him and Andre Blake too, it feels almost like life lifetime achievement awards, mm-hmm. even though they have longer careers ahead of them. But um, Jim Curtin, especially, I think deserves the award when you consider the first major trophy for the Union, 
what an outstanding season that they had and how remarkably consistent they were. Um, you know, now you, you push on to the playoffs, which undefeated at home as well. Undefeated at home. Um, so yeah, you know, I, you know, obviously we have to wait till um, till Friday to see who our opponent's going to be in round one. But I'm looking uh, looking forward to it for the Union. Yeah, and I think it's so well deserved because, like you said, the the journey that Jim Curtin has gone on from, you know being kind of just the guy that everybody wanted to move on from to now building up this rapport with the union fan base being known by, you know, the casual fans now as, you know, the most successful coach in Philadelphia right now. Uh, It's so well-deserved for the way that he's handled this team, especially this year in the, you know, events that have unfolded where, you know, COVID hits and then they do the MLS's back tournament. They're on the cuspice of winning that they make it to the final four, I believe it was, and then go undefeated at home. First team in MLS history to do that. And then they win the, the supporter shield and now they're onto the playoffs and just seem like a team that can really accomplish as much as, as they want to because of just how close they are as a team. Uh, all the homegrowns on this team as well. I, I couldn't be happier for a guy like Jim Curtin, and I couldn't be happier for Andre Blake as well, who is just, you know, an absolute brick wall in the net and is a, a fan favorite. And both of these guys bringing home, you know, awards this season, along with the Supporter Shield coming to Philadelphia, I think is so, you know, it's one of those things where it gets a lot more casual fans talking and, and realizing that this team has a lot of potential, not just now, but moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, his team, especially when you consider, you know, uh, Aronson now moving on, Mackenzie potentially in that, uh, Kai Wagner apparently as well, like receiving a lot of interest. So there's going to be some changes to the team, obviously, uh, next season. But you trust this team and, and kind of what's interesting about the unions, they have this kind of process and organizational philosophy that you expect to kind of continuously churn out talent. Obviously, anytime you're talking about you know, like youth development, stuff like that. It's hit or miss. Like there's no real science to it. Um, there has to be some luck. You're not going to be churning out guys like this, you know, every year, every two years. Sometimes you just get lucky and have a string of them. So, you know, the, the more money you can invest though into a project like that and continue to be like self-funding and self-sufficient in this way, that's a really good sign for the union and, and hopefully a sign thing has come. Because this is the first kind of year that you've seen and, and really like reaped what you've sown the last you know decade really with this kind of youth project and and trying to become more self-sustaining here um and the union deserve a lot of credit for that and i think all the awards that they're getting hopefully the silverware that they win in the next few weeks is the reward for that Mm -hmm. um but right now as fans i think you can enjoy that this is one of the best union teams we've had if not the best um and hopefully they can add on to that by winning the mls cup yeah it's gonna be super exciting to just kind of see what goes down in the playoffs for the Union, and we've got you covered all the time with Philadelphia Union coverage. Also, tons of other uh, podcasts on the network pumping out content right now, so before we wrap up, make sure you guys go and check out the latest episode of the Outside the Box podcast where Harrison and I, we kind of broke down the new team in the NLL, uh, Panther City Lacrosse Club in Fort Worth, so we might have another potential Philadelphia-Dallas area rivalry very excited about that. Also, we might have broke the news on the podcast that the National Lacrosse Leagues, uh, all their merch is now on Fanatics. Don't know how much Michael Rubin had to do with that one, but uh, it seems like they're announcing that tomorrow. But we discovered it when we were uh, recording the podcast, so we had it first. Just letting you guys know. But uh, very excited about that. And then uh, make sure you check out Streamer Season each and every Monday. Dylan Mazzola and I. Uh, have Mando Mondays for you, recapping each and every episode of Disney Plus's hit series, The Mandalorian. And then, of course, fantasy football season heading towards the playoffs. The fourth and goal guys pumping out a bunch of content as well. And uh, the NBA draft underway as the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the clock. Apparently, they were stalling a bunch uh, for the Timberwolves to potentially make a move, but they are indeed on the clock. So we'll see what happens there. Make sure you guys are following us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. 
And make sure you guys are following us here on Twitch so you can watch the pod live each and every Wednesday night. Twitch.tv slash PHI. Myself and Matt on the live pods. We've got the Breakfast Blitz morning show on Sunday mornings. Steven Schneider doing a bunch of video game streams on here as well. Just absolutely pumping out content here on Twitch. Written website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. All that good stuff on there as well. And then make sure you're subscribed to all of our podcasts. This one, Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about Al Horford being gone. Let's celebrate in the podcast reviews. Let us know your feelings on the trade. Danny Green coming to Philadelphia. Who knows if it sticks. Uh, And we have the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, the number one overall pick going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wow. Well, so they they obviously go for a bit more fit than necessarily best player. But, you know, a lot of people also believe in Anthony Edwards and what he can do. Um, That's an interesting team that they're building now uh, with with the Timberwolves. Um, Again, interesting, uh, especially because they're not really a team you'd expect to be picking this high Mm -hmm. in the lottery. You know, shouldn't really be having the number one overall pick with the team that they have. Um, So the chance to add someone like Anthony Edwards is a rare one. So good for them, and good for Anthony Edwards. So it, uh, I, it really feels like Lamelo Ball is going to the Warriors now. That's gonna be wild. Um, so yeah, Anthony Edwards, the official number one overall pick, and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Drop your five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how you're feeling now that Al Horford is no longer a Philadelphia 76er. How you're feeling about Jim Curtin winning Coach of the Year and celebrating that as well as your feelings on the Philadelphia Phillies. And we didn't even talk about how much of a shit show the Eagles are. Um, But I did it on the last podcast, so make sure you guys check that out as well. And uh, you can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadioRadio.com, and SoundCloud. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, shout out to our sponsors that make these shows happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades and Manscaped. Same promo code for both websites at TomahawkShades.com. You're going to get 25% off your order with promo code USP. And then over at Manscaped.com, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP. Any final thoughts, Matt, as we uh, uh, head fit, into the draft? Fit of the night that I just saw from Tyrese Halliburton with an absolutely beautiful uh, floral suit. I'll give Kyle a look. You can look it up yourselves. Just really oh, nice. That is clean. I love when the players, too, have the, uh, the uh, they open the jacket. They have stuff meaningful to them on the inside, which is cool, so. Tyrese Halliburton, very well dressed tonight. Probably another lottery pick. That is clean. Uh, It's going to be a fun night. Hopefully the Sixers uh, make some noise, add to this team, now that they've subtracted a big Albatross contract uh, in Al Horford. And uh, make sure you guys keep it locked and loaded here because in just a little bit right here, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI, Steven Schneider will be live with week seven of Elite TGC Tours. Uh, in about 15 minutes, so keep it locked and loaded here. And uh, we're going to go catch the NBA draft and see what uh, is to come with this Philadelphia 76ers team. But uh, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 284. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Go Sixers. Peace. <laughs>